comes the sun. Here comes the sun. I said it's alright. Hello, and welcome to the Sustainable Living Show here on WMNF Tampa 88.5, where every Monday at 11, we bring you a conversation with local experts on sustainable issues. Today's guest is Kabrab Gabermichael. Uh, your hosts today are myself, Kenny Coogan, and the wonderful Annie Ellis. Hi, Annie. Hey, Kenny. And uh, yes, this past weekend, me and Annie were... Uh, hanging out at the USF Botanical Gardens for the big uh, fall plant festival. Yeah, I, g- I got to meet Kenny's uh, parents. <laughs> it was fantastic. They heard my voice. I didn't know it was that distinct, but they ran over. They heard my voice and ran over and introduced themselves. And they said, are you Annie? Yeah, they're the best. <laughs> I told them they should come to the show. They said, oh, I don't know if Kenny would like that. <laughs> <laughs> so you met my parents, but yes. I met... The director of the, the new Craig, director. Craig, yeah. He came over and was checking everybody out. Uh, you know, all, everybody was happy and stuff. Craig Hugel, who was a, ge- a guest on your show a few weeks ago. Absolutely. And who people, WMNF listeners will know as the Tuesday morning, 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. host on, of the music show. I don't know if it starts at 3 or 4. Yeah, um, yeah and he's been, on, he's been involved with WMNF for like, I don't know, 30 years or something, a long time. He's fantastic. And Great guy. The voice you just heard is Sean Canan because Sean's been here all morning. <laughs> yeah, we could do it without Sean. He knows all the biz. So we want to encourage listeners to stay tuned as we talk about the importance of uh, water because we're going to be talking with uh, Dr. Kabrab Gaber-Michael, who's the Associate Professor of Instruction at the Battelle College of Global Sustainability and has a courtesy appointment at the Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering at USF. But first, does uh, Sean, Sean, you got have any announcements about our pledge drive? Yeah, well, first I want to thank some people who donated near the end of Dr. Fred's show. Uh, I'll, be, I'll thank those people. But I also want to let people know that now is your chance to donate to Sustainable Living. This is a show that Annie and Kenny bring you every Monday morning at 11, and they talk about sustainability, and it's worth supporting. Give us a call right now, 813-239-9663, or donate, donate on the website at WMNF. Org. We need to raise $1,700 this hour, so please call now, 813-239-9663. Let me thank the people who donated during Dr. Fred's Healthy Steps show. We have Anonymous from Northport, Florida, with a $60 donation, and this person says, I'm an RN, and I like everything that Dr. Fred has to contribute to people's health and well-being, a font of knowledge, and loves the music as well, so thank you for that donation. Also, Jerry Blank from Bradenton has contributed $25, and I'm sorry that I, um, that I read your name. Trisha Wren from Sarasota, $100, is getting the WMNF t-shirt and says to Dr. Fred, you do a great job and love this show. So I'll get a tally later on to find out whether Dr. Fred made his goal or not. But right now, it's very important that you help us to meet the goal for sustainable living. We need to raise $1,700 this hour. We can do that when you donate at 813-239-9663 or at WMNF.org. All right, so we're definitely uh, raising some funds for WMNF, but this hour we're going to be interviewing Dr. Gaber-Michael. So, uh, Dr. Gaber-Michael, welcome to the show. 
Thank you, Ken, for inviting me to the show. Uh, we are so excited to have you, and uh, we're going to be asking you several questions during the hour. And as we do that, we're going to be getting to know you better. So could you tell us, because you're all about water sustainability, can you tell us what part of the world you uh, come from that's really in an arid environment and why you're so passionate about water sustainability? Yeah, so I'm originally from Eritrea, which is in East Africa. And uh, I did my uh, uh, elementary, middle and high school. Also did my first degree in Ethiopia. Then I went to Australia for my master's and to Sweden for my PhD. So when I lived in Eritrea, I have experienced this uh, water scarcity issue in many parts of the country, as well as in Ethiopia. And I've seen people struggling to get water. I think in many cases, the women and uh, female children have to travel for hours to get water for their family. So this kind of drove me to look into this issue. So when I did my first degree in civil engineering, then I decided to do, to specialize in water as masters and also water resource engineering in PhD. All right. And can you tell us what the state of the water and wastewater is at a global and local level? So, yeah, I mean, as we most of us are aware, we have a finite water resources. So on our planet, the majority of water we have is salt water. So it's only less than 3% that we have fresh water, which is useful for our drinking, producing food, and so forth. So the water we have is what we have that circulates in the hydrologic cycle. We cannot create more water. But the demand for water is increasing over time. Population is growing at exponential rate. Actually, this month we've reached 8 billion global population and it's going to increase. Our economy is growing, particularly in areas where most of the developing world, as the economy grows, the water demand is also growing. At the same time, we are very, very wasteful. So we, we waste quite significant amount of water, whether it is in agriculture, in industry, or in the domestic. So this demand and supply are not going to be in harmony. So we are facing a huge deficit. So according to some studies, we might be facing about 40% deficit. So where are we going to get that water from? That is a huge challenge. So in some places, according to recent reports, about 800 million people are living in water-scarce areas. And people in northern part of Africa and Western Asia, they are in severe water-scarcity issues and situations. So we can see all these problems at a global level. So the supply is limited, finite, but the demand is continuously increasing. Now, if you look at some examples, uh, some of us may remember that in 2018 in Cape Town, South Africa, they were bracing for day zero, where water supply from utility was to be shut off. That was simply because of you know drought conditions that happened over years, but also the 
wasteful nature of water consumption. So while they were counting down to day zero, where everybody will be shut off from the utility, then they had to make a lot of measures, water conservation measures. So every part, every member of the city was participating in that. And at the end, they were luckily getting some rain to really replenish their reservoirs. So they were able to avoid day zero, but still they are faced with this situation. And people have started to change their practice in terms of water use. So they're applying water conservation measures. In California, even this year, we are in a state of, in the drought state of emergency. And every resident in all counties is requested to conserve water. So these are, you know, local and global issues. And when we come to the sustainable development goals, particularly number six, that is that is aiming to get all access to safe drinking water and sanitation. But the recent report in 2022 shows that about 1.2 billion people lack basic service water. And about 2.8 billion people lack basic sanitation. So this is quite a huge number of people that are not having access to safe sanitation and safe drinking water. And it is a huge number. What do you feel about the future of water with this? Are you optimistic? Yes, or not. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel about it? Well, yeah, I mean, of course, I was talking about the scary part, but at the same time, there are a lot of efforts being made to address these issues. For example, now we see a lot, including California and other parts of the world, where we are trying to reuse wastewater. Wastewater is 99.9% water, but the, the 0.1% makes it waste. So we we have the technology to reclaim the water from the West to bring it back for use. The only issue we have in this is the public acceptance. Yes. So a lot of effort is now being made to to address that. Well, one one approach people are trying to use is they reclaim the wastewater and put it into the ground, blend it with the aquifer water, then they take it out. So people might think, okay, this is a groundwater. But a direct portable reuse has become a challenge yet. Also, we're trying to do some desalination. So technology is making it a little cheaper over time, particularly because desalination is energy intensive. If you can use some of the renewables, like solar, for example, it can also provide some. But at the end of the day, I think people have to realize that we have the finite water resources and they have to change their behavior. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Or how we- you know, I, I um, uh, agree with you a thousand percent. And what happened, I know that, that people are just so used to turning on the water faucet and it's always there. So they don't really even consider uh, that, you know, we need to think about it. I mean, people turn the water on when they're brushing their teeth. I mean, it's absolutely unnecessary. And, you know, they hose down uh, sidewalks and just many things like that. I, I know that in, uh, I had mentioned this last week, I lived in Hawaii for a while and we had to, we had a, a tank for our water. And so we used it as sparingly as possible. And our bathing techniques were out of doors, you know, with uh, a ferro style baths where you bathed and then soaked. So, you know, I think that that's a big deal that people don't even consider when they turn the faucet on or even when they're doing dishes, they keep the water running on the, you know, on the side uh, to rinse when they could just stack and then rinse it all at one time. I mean, there's so many small things that people could do to make big differences. Uh, our last week, uh, we had a woman on uh, 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 Julia. Uh, yeah, plus, I always says her back name. But anyway, she was talking about how she actually looks at the number of uh, of gallons that on her bill mm-hmm. that she has. And she was saying mm-hmm. it's uh, each person's 110, uh, you know, is what they should, or is like a good average. number, uh, average number. And they, uh, she and her husband just do like 65 uh, a month. Gallons a month. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. But it's because she's paying attention. And I think that that's really a big factor in everything, not just this, but this is what we're talking about, is that people are not conscious. About sustainability. That's right. And they're not paying attention to what long-term is, uh, and they're only doing an immediate gratification. So that would be what I would think would be the biggest uh, you know, thing to bring forefront, is that people just need to pay attention to what's going to go on in the future, not just today. That's right. So we uh, really appreciate uh, Dr. Gaber Michael being here. Oh, and, absolutely. And we booked him several months ago, and we told him that it's the pledge drive. Right, so we have to interrupt you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so, so we're going to talk for so a minute. So Sean's going to say a couple of cool, uh, sustainable-themed uh, gifts that yes. listeners can help support the station with. Yeah, I want to thank somebody who's already donated. James Campoli with a $100 Aww. donation is getting a pair of Chuck Profit tickets. So thank you for that. And if you'd like to go to Chuck Profit, you can see him next January 11th at Skipper Smokehouse in Tampa. $100 donation. We'll get you a pair of tickets and you can join Jim and the rest of us there to see Chuck Profit. So thank you for that donation to Sustainable Living. With that donation, we need to still raise $1,600 this hour. I want to thank the last three people who donated during during a Healthy Steps show, I should say. Anonymous is joining the Circle of Friends at $26.25 a month. And she says, I love everything, has already pledged and is donating more now. Susan Manx from Tarpon Springs is contributing one. $105 is getting the WMNF t-shirt. Gene Blackburn from Sarasota is contributing $100. Oh, so th- he made his goal. He, Dr. Fred did yes, make his goal. He went so over his goal. That's I true. just did the math in my head. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> And that is an inspiration for people who like sustainable living. You can call now and we can make our goal as well. Yes. It's a $1,700 goal. We already have $100 donation in. Here's the number to call. If you like hearing about sustainable topics, 813 813- Two three nine nine six six three. You can also make a donation at wmnf.org. I'd like to talk about what some of the gifts that we have. Besides the the wonderful hat that we have and the t-shirts, they're fantastic. We have. 
sustainable living specific we gifts. We do, specific gifts. And Kenny, our wonderful Kenny Coogan, has uh, his latest book. You know, he's written a lot of books. He's so smart. But his latest book is just beautiful, and it is Florida's Carnivorous Plants. And we have five available, and for a pledge of $80, you can get that. And then it's also contributing to us, which we appreciate. And we have uh, Adventures of a Transplanted Gardener, advice for New Florida Gardener. Who and was a guest on the show. She absolutely was. And that's why we're giving these away, because, you know, we're doing four, and they're doing for us. And uh, her name is uh, Jenny Stibolt, and she also has another book, A Sustainable Gardening for Florida, and the same pledge, $80. Or more. Or and more, that's right. <laughs> We only have one of those available. Uh, Oh, we have the mushrooming book, too. And then in a couple of weeks, Annie will be interviewing uh, some mushroom foragers. Yes, she's so great. This is her first book. And then there's a, it's a children's book. There's four available. It's called Mason Goes Mushrooming. The book is worth $22. Uh, and if you pledge $80 or more, we will send you that book and you can support the station. And it's beautiful, too. Uh, the uh, illustrator did such a great job. It looks, it looks childlike and it's beautifully done in watercolors. I just love it. So if you can help support the Sustainable Living Show here yes. at WMNF, call 813. 813- Two three nine nine six six three, and you can ask for the Mason Goes Mushrooming, my book, Florida's Carnivorous Plants, Adventures of a Transplanted Gardener, or the Sustainable Gardening for Florida, or a hat, or a T-shirt, yeah. you know, or money of uh, for the tickets, for, which would be great. Yeah, exactly. So we do have tickets available, but I was I was going to mention the hurricane relief. If you oh, yeah. if you want your thank you gift to be donated to hurricane relief instead, we'll send five percent of your donation to Metro. Metropolitan Ministries, so they can continue to provide shelter, box lunches, and drinks to our hurricane-affected neighbors in Southwest Florida. So for your donation of $60 or more, you can tell your phone bank volunteer or make a note on your web pledge that you would like your thank you gift to be hurricane relief. You can do that by calling 813-239-9663 or donating on the website wmnf.org. And going to sustainable living. Yeah. Yeah. Choosing S-U-L. So, Dr. Uh, Gaber, Michael, we are commercial free, but for the show that you're on, we, d- we do have to do <laughs> the little pitch. <laughs> so, uh, Dr. Yeah. Gaber, you, you understand. So, Dr. Gaber, Michael, uh, you talked about waterways. I was wondering, are there studies that say that the U.S., Australia, Canada, countries like that, are we more wasteful than some countries in Asia and Africa and South America? Or are, are we globally equally oh, bad. wasteful? <laughs> I, I mean, in a way, yes, but let me give you in some. In a way, numbers. yes, what? Are we worse or are they worse <laughs> or what? Where are we in this lineup? So the, the average daily per person consumption in the U.S. is about 100 gallons. 100, okay. Per year? In, in Europe. No. In oh, Europe, in Europe. In Europe, it's about 40. So is so, that a per day? Is that what you're saying? Yes, 40 per gallons day, per 100 day. 100 gallons yeah. per day. Oh that includes for indoor and outdoor. Wow. That's so great. One of the reasons why we have higher in the years is we have loans in most uh, residential houses. What did you just say? Because we have lawns? Is that what you just said? Yeah. Thank loans you. in our houses. There's the grass that the uh, landscaping that we use. Yes. Yes, so not we, edible we, landscapes. <laughs> we use a lot of uh, water for that. Yeah, but but th- that's not the only reason. But uh, I mean, we we waste a lot. 
and the way you were mentioning earlier, mm-hmm. how people use when they are brushing, they let the mm-hmm. top on, and they take long showers, baths, and so forth. So these are some of the reasons. And I think we we can improve this by several means. One is uh, regulations, of course. We have to institute regulations on how to water your lawns or your landscaping, for example. So you can see sometimes when it's raining, the sprinklers are on. Right. So so you have to have a sensor that, you know, automatically stops the sprinkler if the soil is already wet. Right. And you right. have to invest a lot in education, educating people, particularly, you know, at schools, if we do that, you can increase awareness and people can really do better. Well, but, but you know, you said you say education, but a lot of people know this and they do it anyway. I think what you just said about regulation is a really great idea because I know that a lot of people, when they are the irrigators, the irritating irrigators, the one that uh, are watering during, uh, you know, a rainstorm is because they don't have that either hooked up or it's broken or they don't even have one. And, you know, we used to, and I don't know if we still do, but we used to have a lot of people during the drought time run around from the city and find people for that. And quite honestly, I think that's a good idea only because I mean, I don't like everybody to have to be policed, but people respond to when it hits their pocketbook. You so know. another alternative is to teach the youth. So oh, yeah. uh, Dr. Gaber, Michael, can you tell us what you're doing with middle school and high school students? Oh. So yeah, we, uh, we have currently a National Science Foundation funded project to look into educating our, our U.S. students to do international research experience. So we couple that with working high school and middle school students. So in Florida, we did in the Hillsborough County area, we worked with middle and high school students in terms of including a water and sanitation project as part of their curriculum. And the whole idea of this is to expose the students to authentic research, to increase their interest in STEM education, but also to sensitize the students on where is our water coming from? How much do we have? How much are we using? And what can we do? And what we realized realized in this project is that the students were very interested in this project because they were mentored by ESF professors Mm. and graduate and undergraduate students. So they were quite interested and they did real research. But also they were able to discuss this with their parents, with their friends in how much water issue is in our area, but also globally. Mm -hmm. What what curricula is that in? Is that in a science class or where is that? Oh, so it's in a science class. Okay. So we did that in, in science, in marine biology. So first year we worked with Leto High School then we expanded to different high schools in uh, uh, King High School and others. But right, right in also the same project in Ghana. In Ghana also, because based on our National Science Foundation NSF project, we traveled there and we worked similar projects with their high schools. And we find that students do enjoy doing real research that makes meaning. 
to their own life, but also their That's community. very encouraging that they're taking that information and, and, and passing it on and feeling good about that information. You know, that makes me feel better about high school <laughs> students, I got to say. I really think they'd, be, I thought they'd be very flippant about the it, but future, that's wonderful. Annie. I know, I'm thrilled that somebody's <laughs> thinking that way. That's wonderful, but I'm surprised. Well, I have some people to thank who donated to Sustainable Living before. Fantastic. These are people who donated already before the drive started. I want to thank Anonymous from Tampa, who is joining the Circle of Friends at $7.38 a month. That's an annual $88.50 contribution. They're getting the WMNF t-shirt. If you'd like to see the t-shirt design, it's on our website, WMNF.org. You can also make your donation there to support Sustainable Living. Also, Colleen Cole and Mary Cole have each donated $10. Thank you, Colleen and and Mary. They say, I really appreciate all of Annie's tips for living sustainably. Oh, Kenny's too. (laughs) Thank you for those donations. And I should say, Colleen is our intern who is uh, doing some great news stories for us and also helping out with your web posts on sustainability. It's wonderful. We have the best time. Uh, I I write it up or Kenny writes it up in uh, whatever's turn it is. And then she and I talk on the phone about it and... It's wonderful. I really, she's a lovely, lovely girl. Yeah, she's a great help. And thank you so much for those donations. Now we've raised about $200 for sustainable living. We still have about $1,500 to go to raise to to the, meet that goal that is. And you can help us meet that goal by calling 813 239-9663 or by donating on the web at WMNF.org. And we know you enjoy the format of our show because we have so much uh, audience participation. People are always texting us and calling us. But for this week, it's going to be a little different. So if you want to ask Dr. Uh, Cabral Gaber-Michael a question, you can donate and then you can uh, tell the the phone bank people, your question, and then they will give it to us and we will ask him. Because it's a different direct line, that's why. That's right. We don't have our filter person. If they want to donate, they can call 813-239-9663 or they could use the app or they could go to WMNF.org. You can still email us any questions you want as well. So that's that. I also, you know, I wanted to just say that, you know, we have a lot of people when we're out in the public that tell us how much they love the show and how much they listen to it. And I have, we have people that uh, set their alarm. We had somebody called in and said they set their alarm to listen to the show, that they love it so much. And then I get a ton of back uh, feed about uh, how great the show was. So all you people that are saying all that stuff, let's (laughs) go. We need you. Yes, we do. We need you and we need for you to pick up that phone and go ahead and give us a call and uh, and see what you can do. You, you know, just a little bit goes a long way. On that monthly, if you do that you could, circle of friends, what was it, can, $7? Yeah, but you could also go as little as $5 a month and yeah. be part of the circle of friends. There it is. So, you know, $5, I don't even think there's anything that costs $5. I think a, a latte venti costs more mm-hmm. than that at the store. Or, or a Netflix uh <laughs> Disney Plus subscription Absolutely. is more than that, too. Absolutely. I, you know, nothing costs $5, <laughs> but us, we'll take it. So what I think you're, what I hear you saying is that WMNF is a great value. It is you, a great value. Even if you join at $5 a month or $10 a month, you're getting so much radio, all 24-7 of radio, and you can listen to it and enjoy it, but the whole community gets this information yeah. as well. So isn't it great to know that you're neighbors who might be watering their lawn all day can listen to a show like this and learn the truth about whether you need a lawn in the first place and whether you need to water it all the time. 
Well, we need your support. Give us a call at 813-239-9663. I should also tell people briefly this traffic alert. If you're heading southbound on I-75 from Hillsborough into Manatee County, there's an accident at the inter- near the intersection of I-275 there in Manatee County. So be prepared for some slowdown southbound. I wanted to also say, just because of what you just said, Sean, reminded me of the community that if someone else is rotting their lawn and then they could have learned from this, we bring experts on, on every one of these subjects and they tell us the ultimate. I mean, I know I learn something every time we have a guest on. And uh, I'm, I'm always surprised at that. But it's, uh, you know, it's valuable information. And the way we, we are able to give that to you is because we have this uh, format, the Sustainable Living Show. And, you know, we, we do work really hard to get really good guests for you guys to listen to. So if you appreciate that, let us know. So I'll just do one more pitch. If you donate $60 or more, WMNF can direct 5% of your donation to the Metropolitan Ministries to help survivors of Hurricane Ian. So we we know lots of listeners in the South Counties could be hurting. Mm -hmm. So you guys could help WMNF and the hurricane victims. Double duty. That's right. So Dr. Gaber Michael, we were talking about middle school and high school projects, but I want to talk about some of your projects. Recently, you received the Global Achievement Award at USF and the prestigious Carnegie African uh, Diaspora Fellowship Award for education and research. So can you tell us some of the types of projects you're doing nationally and internationally to help with water sustainability? Yes. So, uh, if you look at the sustainable development goals, particularly number six on water and sanitation, we know that uh, millions and billions of people do not have access. So, what my research focuses on is how can we develop low cost and appropriate technology that can be used to to provide or enhance access to water sanitation. So. One of the projects we're working on is the biosand filtration. A biosand filtration is a very simple technology that can be applied in household. So when people bring water from either a river or groundwater, they can pass it through the biosand filter and clean the water. Now, do you want to tell us a little bit more about that biosand filtering filtration? Because we really found that to be super interesting. And why is it so important? Please. Yeah. So a biosand filter is a simple technology that represents slow sand filtration. Slow sand filtration is the oldest technology for water treatment. So what happens is you let the water pass through a column of sand and that filters out the contaminants or impurities and you get clean water at the, at the bottom. Now, normally the slow sand filters are operated at a community level, but now we want to scale it down to household. So for a family, they can have a, a biosand filter that can work as they need. So today they can purify five gallons or 10 gallons of water that is needed for the family for the day. So for this to happen, we modify the slow sand filter a little bit because in slow sand filter, there is a continuous flow of water, but in a bare sand filter, you use it as needed. So in bare sand filter, 
there is a biological layer that develops at the top of the sand bed. That is what does the most important job in purifying the, the water. So, what is the, the rain, biological layer? So, biological layer is a growth of microorganisms okay. and organic matter at the top that is sticky, but also the higher organisms can feed on bacteria, virus, and giardia, and so forth. So, you are removing or you're killing all the pathogens. Okay. And this is a energy free filtration? Yes, it is. This Energy. is great. You bring your water, your five gallon, whatever, pour it onto the top of the biosand filter, then it will flow by gravity. You collect and store your water. So usually this biosand filter can remove up to 80 to 90% suspended solids, 90% bacteria and about 99% Georgia and crypto. How long does it take for, you said five gallons, you put it on the top and then it goes through. How long does that take? So if you, if you have a fresh uh, biosand filter, mm -hmm. this could take maybe half an hour mm -hmm. or two an hour to just let the water go through. But mm -hmm. over time, when that biological level starts to grow deep, it may clog it, so you have to clean it so okay. that it lets the water pass through quickly. It's, so it, it is, it's a slow filtration, but it's energy really free. Yeah, yeah, it's energy free. And I would suspect that as this progresses and as this becomes more accepted, that this will improve, uh, that there will be you know more skills involved to make that more... Uh, maybe a quicker or a bigger amount uh, that you could use. I'm just throwing that out there. It just seems logical to me. Yeah, but currently, I mean, this is used in more than 55 countries okay. globally. So in many parts of the world, the biosand filter is being used actively. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, and some studies have shown that this has improved the health of communities that use biosand filter. Should every, robust, yeah. Does every household have their own biosand filtration or the communities using a couple of them? No, this, is, this is a household scale. So each house will have their own biosand filter. I want to remind people that you're listening to WMNF Tampa 88.5 FM. <clears throat> It's 1140 in the morning, and we are listening to Sustainable Living with your hosts, Annie and Kenny. And you are, uh, we're in the middle of our fund drive. And so we were trying to raise funds to help support great shows like this and to help keep community radio on the air in Tampa Bay. And the number that you can call to support this show is 813-239-9663. You can also make a donation on our secure website, wmnf.org. Do you think that important information about clean water in the throughout the world, if that's important for you to hear about in your community, give us a call and support this show, support this program and this uh, radio station by calling 813-239-9663. You can also uh, help us to reach that goal. We still need to raise $1,500 this hour and we have 20 minutes to do it. So please call now, 813 813- Two three nine nine six six three or donate at wmnf.org. Yeah, you know uh, we 
Uh, we uh, have a lot of uh, great people on here for our guests, and they bring a lot of uh, wonderful information to everyone. We get a lot of calls about it and feedback. And I just wanted to list a few of the people that we've had, like, in the last seven months, I think, or so. Uh, we had a beekeeping expert, Angela Rodriguez-Diaz. We had uh, Science Saves with Berth uh, Vasquez. Uh, we had Food Rescue Us with Whitney Mickelson, which they save all the, the food that's going to be thrown out uh, from the grocery Stores and that's then, perfectly edible. It is perfectly edible, and they redistribute it to people that in need. It's amazing. And we have the community community garden, uh, who is uh, Kitty Wallace is the president, and who is the other? I can't remember her name. Uh, but anyway, Kitty's going to be on as a guest host uh, with us. Uh, next week because Kenny Coogan is going out to Alaska uh, and doing some uh, teaching engagement. And then we had Jenny Stabolt, the one that we're giving away a couple of books. She's an author. So with a pledge of $80 or more, you could get her book, Adventures yeah. of a Transplanted Gardener. And you can also go to WMNF.org and listen to the archived show of yes. her talking about that. And yeah. then you could also do a pledge of $80 or more to get her book, Sustainable Gardening for Florida. Yes, so we know you like the show and there's a whole book about sustainable mm -hmm. gardening in Florida. Yeah, so. and it's and you know reason why she wrote that book is because she was a big gardener up north, and she came down and she tried to do the same things, and we know that does not work. Florida gardening is different. Very different, and so she uh, recognized that, and so what she d says in the book is, this is what I did, and this is what I do now. And so it's extremely helpful for people that are new gardeners, because new gardeners wouldn't know this information, or anybody that's been transplanted. It's really good book. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Sean. Well, these shows, the shows that Annie is telling you about, the past shows, this is a great reason for you to support sustainable living on WMNF. It's all this information that they bring you. They do the research. They put the stories up on the website so that you can read about it afterwards and listen to the show again afterwards. All of this, it takes a lot of hard work by our wonderful volunteers, and it makes this show worth supporting. And here's how you can do that. You can go to WMNF.org and put a tip jar, tip jar donation there to help support the show. Or you can donate on our website, WMNF.org. Dot .org as i just said or you can call 813-239-9663. Yeah. All right. So uh, Dr. Gabriel Michael, you're talking about biosand filtration. Can you use any type of sand? Can i dig some sand up in my backyard and create a <laughs> filtration system? <laughs> well, uh, you have more sand than i have. <laughs> the, there is there are specifications that the sand should meet. So in terms of uh the size of sand that you use. Oh, the granular so, size? Yeah. So oh, there is, that makes so sense. In the design, yes. So basically, the, the biosand filter has gravel at the bottom that, and then sand, which is about a feet or more, or three feet high. Uh -huh. So the sand size is important because if you use too fine sand, then the filtration rate will be very low. Oh, so yeah, because it'll get stuck up top. It won't exactly. go through. It won't have a good flow rate. Exactly. Okay. On the other hand, you don't want to use coarse sand because if the water is flowing rapidly, it's not being filtered. Yeah. Now, where would you so, get that sand from? The, the, right, well, the you, right granula. No, you, 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 can, you can find it from anywhere, but you have to sieve it with the right mesh sizes. 
Oh, okay. So you get the sand and you get the, the sieve that has the correct uh, granular exactly. size. You put that through it and then the right sizes come through and the wrong sizes stay stuck. That exactly. makes so much sense to me. That's what so you can get play sand at whatever place <laughs> and then do the sieving. It's your work part that makes the difference. Got it. Yes. Okay. And then you have to clean the sand before you put it in your right. The dirt that you have has to be removed. Otherwise, it will contribute to the turbidity. Yeah. Level of your, you yeah. know, I used to do that same technique in the bottom of uh, tall pots on patios so it wouldn't have dirty water on the patio. <laughs> That's so interesting because it's exactly the same system. Of course, I didn't see it. Is this uh, great. related or similar to a sand filter for a pool? I know those use oh. electricity, but is it kind of the same idea? Or you're not you, too sure? Can you repeat that? Is, the, is this low-tech uh, no energy biosand filter similar to what somebody would be using on a in-ground pool. Well, yeah, so, some of them use uh, sand or granular, granular media filtration, but also there are membrane filtration units. Mm -hmm. So membrane filtration is basically you have a membrane with very fine pores, mm -hmm. and you have to apply a pressure to let the water. Oh, so you have to push it somehow. Yes, so that's why they need pump. Got it. They need to pump the water to apply some pressure to push through. But there are also these granular operated through uh, gravity, basically. Mm -hmm. But coming back to what you were asking, can we use a different type of media? Yes. For example, in the research that we are doing at ESF, we are comparing sun versus pumice. Pumice is a volcanic rock. Oh, yeah. Very light. Yeah. And also biochar. Oh, really? Biochar. Yes. That's interesting. So that's, yeah, because yeah. of charcoal filter. Sure. I hadn't exactly. even considered that. That makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. So we've been comparing these three for a long time. And the pumice and the biochar really work really well as well. Okay. Because they have porosity inside their uh, grains, so that helps to add more water. Well, let me ask you this. What if you did more layers of each of that? Would that make a difference? Uh, you know, instead of just one particular, uh, like with the sand uh, or the pumice or the biochar, what if you did a layers of that? What would that do? Or have you experimented with that? Can you be super uh, filtrated? Yeah, can it do all that work faster and better? I mean, I'm just trying to think about people in America. Are they, are they gonna wait that long for five <laughs> gallons? I don't know. So I was just wondering, have you done yeah. any work with that as well? That's a very good question, yes. Very I good think, question, yeah. here I go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we, we've done this uh, where you can use either sand or a combination of pumice and sand or a combination of pumice sand and biochar. Yeah. So the, the more uh, media you use, they can help you clean better. Oh, there we are. But, but what we did at ESF is also that we modified the surface. Now, the, the regular or the conventional biosand filter uses sand. But now we use it pumice and biochar, and we coated the surfaces of pumice and biochar with aluminum oxide. And the reason we do that is 
to remove additional contaminants. For example, if you want to remove fluoride, if your water has excess fluoride, if your water, you water has excess fluoride, it's not good for your health because it can result in uh, oh, absolutely. dental fluorosis, even a skeletal process. Yeah, our organs so are going to be filtering. Yeah, this is big. So we wanted to remove, in addition to the solids, to the bacteria, virus, and Georgia, we want to remove fluoride. So we modified the surface. And we, we found out very interesting results. So the pumice and the biochar coated with aluminum oxide, they can remove additional fluoride. See? So that, uh, <laughs> There's that triple uh, filter system I'm thinking yeah. is working. Annie might be applying for a graduate position. I'm going to be your... going in, in your <laughs> school. You're welcome. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, thanks. I think that we have Sean has some things to talk about yes. right now. Yeah, we did get a donation in. Uh, thank you to Tippy Ho from IBEW824. name. They're taking Kenny Coogan's latest book, Florida's yeah. Carnivorous Plants, with their $88.50 contribution. So thank you to Anonymous in Tampa, a very generous gift. Now it's your turn, 813-239-9663. So we just want to remind uh, listeners that there's still a couple of copies of Florida's Carnivorous Plants available for a pledge of $80 or more. We also still have uh, Jenny Steibolt's two books, Adventures of a Transplanted Gardener or Sustainable Gardening for Florida, also for a pledge of $80 or more. There's only one copy available. Yeah, those were my personal copies, just to let you know. <laughs> I'm giving them up for you guys so you can read them as well. Pass yeah. on the reading. So we have uh, about 10 minutes left. We have a huge goal, but we can accomplish it. We also have Mason Goes Mushrooming, for a pledge of $80 or more. Beautiful and book. And in a couple of weeks in November, you're going to be hearing from uh, foragers and the author. Yeah, they'll be on. And we're going to have a, a, a local forager that'll be talking about it. This is actually a book that she wrote about her son. Her son is Mason. And she's a longtime forager from, she used to live in Key West, and she's a longtime forager. Uh, and so he's been doing that his whole life. And she had most of her life as well. We were going to suggest perhaps that you might want to widen your circle of friends. And if you've been a circle member uh, for a few years now, you can also, uh, you, you've been given 5 or $10 a month. You could bump it up to 20 or 50 or maybe even 100 a month if you can afford it. Uh, and you probably won't even notice if you've been doing it all along. And we would really like to remind y'all that you could, uh, and we would give you a thank you gift every year that matches your donation level. You can call 813-239-9663 or give online at WMNF.org or the app, and uh, thanks for, uh, for keeping us on the air. Please. What a wonderful show, Sustainable Living. It's been going on for years and years here. Kenny and Annie are doing a great job of keeping you informed about sustainability topics and please show your appreciation. Help us to keep this show and this radio station going strong with your donation. 813-239-9663. All right. So another thing is we're talking about education. Another thing is let's say you're a poor college student. Right. And you cannot, uh, Afraid of, you, know, you know, you can't donate. But you could go to our Facebook page. 
Sustainable Living WMNF, and you could share the posts that I've been making the past couple of days and tell people, right. you know, for your birthday, for Halloween, yeah, as for a gift, Christmas. As a gift. Please donate to the Sustainable Living Yeah, show. and in fact, we I put them on this morning. I put them on a couple of our gardening websites, which is uh, Tampa uh, Gardening Swap yep. and Tampa Gardening Swap Unplugged, and also my personal page. But, you know, that's we. there's a lot of people that are, are that use that information. on a regular basis and you know it's funny when I've been listening to when I moved to Tampa I was kind of upset because I was moving from Memphis Tennessee there's a long time ago and I was going to leave my community radio station and I was like oh no that's the best station ever and then I came here and I found this and I was so thrilled that there was a community radio station to be a part of and I want to tell you truthfully I didn't donate for a while because I just just didn't get it in my head in that loop that I am part of the community. That, that we actually need your donation. Yeah, that we are the supporters of the station. That's how it happens, is actually people like us support, and I, and I do now uh, actually support three times a year. I give a bunch of money. So, <laughs> y'all, please step it up. But we need you too. So, um, <laughs> just a reminder, it's 813-239-9663 or WMNF.org. And yeah, we- and on our online things, I think we even have a link that you can just touch it and it'll instantly yeah. Bring you to it. Yeah, it's very easy to donate online at WMNF.org. And let me just mention one last thank you gift that we could give you for your donation of $240 or more. If you'd like to make a donation of $240 or more, you can be among the first people to get a pair of tickets to Tropical Heat Wave 2023. We're bringing back that very popular music festival next May 6th. It's a Saturday, Ybor City Cuban Club. Please call 813-239-9663 and donate $240 for your Tropical Heat Wave pair of tickets. And if you have not been to that, you need to go. I uh, used to go almost every year until we had COVID and we couldn't do it anymore. So it's bringing it back. So this is all fresh and new that we need to support. And you're going to love it. It is so much fun. I always would buy extra ticket and I would bring somebody from out of town that I knew that would enjoy it too. So there you go. You can do it. Very, we would appreciate it. Very good. So, uh, Dr. Gaber Michael, we appreciate your expertise and your patience. Yes, thank we, you. We, we do have a couple <laughs> of more questions for you. Earlier, Annie mentioned, like, oh, maybe Americans won't have, uh, they're not going to be patient. They won't have the time to do this uh, bio sand well, uh, filtration. They won't want to, yeah. So, my question is we have heard about what we participate, unfortunately, about wars over oil, yeah. and there's lots of things about that. But are there currently wars over water or is that in the near future, Dr. Gaber Michael? Well, I mean, uh, one of the recent uh, hot topics on transboundary water is the Nile River, where Ethiopia, uh, Sudan, and Egypt are really discussing intensively. Of course, if we look at the his- history, historical context, there has no, there had not been any war on in waters, but there were some, you know, uh, sort of disagreements and negotiations going on. But they most of the most of the time they resulted in cooperation, and that that's the only way you can also address water issues, because every everyone will be a loser if we go to a war situation. Yes. For example. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, what what's happening in um, 
in the case of the Nile River is that these three countries are discussing a lot. Of course, there is a tension there that may, you know, result in bigger conflicts, as people say. But at the end of the day, the, the best solution for these countries is if they can sit down, work together on how to use the water in an equitable and sustainable manner that could benefit all of them. We have a lot of examples. We have examples in Colorado River. We yes. have yes. There's we a lot of dams that are up there, right, that are being depleted. I know that they're actually seeing sunk boats that they never saw before uh, because it's getting bottomed out. And these people are, you know, it's the red alert at this point, right? Oh, we have three minutes, too, so we need to tighten it up. <laughs> so, uh, Dr. Gabriel, I have one more question, and then uh, Sean will say a couple of things about the pledge drive. So, Dr. Gabriel, I am a... I, uh, I'm a former student of yours, so I had I took a class with you. Very my, good. My concentration was in food sustainability and uh, safety, and you lead the sustainable water concentration in the master's program at the Patel College of Global Sustainability at USF. So I was wondering what type of listeners of WMNF should apply for your program? Who are would you looking benefit. for? Yeah, who would benefit from getting a a master's degree with uh, water sustainability in mind? Well, I mean, water is at the center of everything. <laughs> yeah. We say water is life. We can't live uh, after 10 days. <laughs> if we don't drink yeah. water, we're yeah. out. Water is life. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you look at the 17 sustainable development goals, water is part of every, every of them, every one of them. And we have now realized that COVID-19 has created chaos. And they, we, we know that hygiene, water, sanitation can actually address the health issues that are caused by, let's say, COVID. Oh, so, so you're saying preventive health, uh, uh, bad health exactly. measures. Yeah, yeah, so this would be a preventive measure for everything. Yeah. Oh, I think we're, we're getting low on time here. So, uh, Dr. Gabriel Michael, how could people reach out to you or the program? So, yeah, I mean, uh, they can reach uh, by email at kebrab at esf.edu. They can also call at 813-974-6... Oh, 813-974-6. We'll also have a link for you uh, to get in touch with you on our uh, Facebook blog. So thank you so much. Yes, uh, thank you so much for being so kind and patient with us. Yes, and we appreciate your expertise. Yes, thank you. And we look. Thank you for all what you do. I think uh, this is a great uh, radio show that you have. So exactly, we will want everybody to follow. Yes. yes. And we look forward to having you again and other uh, Patel College professors yeah, on the show. Yeah, we've had quite a few this time. It's been great. So thank you, Dr. Gaber Michael. Thank you for all your guests and all the shows of Sustainable Living. Now we really do need, in the last minute, we need to hear from people who support Sustainable Living, 813-239-9663 or WMNF.org. So we have uh, a couple of books still available. 
give us a call and then you can figure out what books are left and you can make your pledge. And if you enjoyed uh, this program, please go to WMNF.org, donating through the tip jar and directing your donation to the Sustainable Living Show. Next week, we will have Annie Ellis and Kitty Wallace talking about... Uh, uh, we'll have the Eckerd College guy over here uh, and his name is Dave Himmelfarb and he's going to be talking about the farm uh that they have going on. It's a wonderful thing that he's promoting. Yes, so I'm Kenny Coogan. And remember, if you're looking for someone to save the world, look in the mirror. Stay tuned next for Flea and WMNF Music. You're listening to WMNF Tampa 88.5 FM. Thanks for listening.